At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. What's going on, boys and girls? Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. It's your boy Armando. Um, don't have another can of beer. Again, I am drinking out of a bottle today. I can never figure out where the camera is. Here we go. Hennigan. Um, this is a funny story. So I lived in Puerto Rico, and in Puerto Rico, Hennigan is a big deal. So I moved to Texas. I'm going to start off this segment talking about beers, just, you know, if you haven't noticed by now. So I moved to Texas. And the first time I went to a bar, I ordered a Hennigan, and it tasted like crap. And I didn't know, mind you, when I moved to Texas, I hardly knew anybody here in Texas. I hadn't met my wife yet. Um, and I asked a couple of local people, and they're like, no, no, Hennigan's a piece of crap here. And I'm like, that's weird because it tastes awesome. When I lived in Puerto Rico, huh? Anyways, I met my wife a few years later. We got married, um, and I took her to Puerto Rico for vacation. And again, I was like, finally, I'm going to drink a nice Hennigan because, again, for whatever reason, over there it tastes amazing. But over here in Texas, I don't know what other part of the United States tastes like that, but it tastes like crap. Couldn't figure it out. So I bring the beer. Keep in mind, my wife was born and raised in Texas. And I show her the Hennigan, and she's like, you got to be kidding me. I ain't drinking that crap. And I'm like, trust me, for whatever reason, it's not the same beer. And she tasted it. She's like, oh, my God, this is the best beer I've ever had. So. Somebody brought me some Hennigan from Puerto Rico, and I am super happy about it. So if you ever go to, if you don't like Hennigan, and if you ever go to Puerto Rico on vacation, order Hennigan. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Um, th- by the way, this is not a Hennigan uh, sponsor podcast. I'm just, I just find it ironic, and I wanted to talk about it because it is Bass Kayak and Beer. So at some point, I do have to bring the beer aspect to the podcast. But anyways. I went fishing today to a small lake, which I was sworn to secrecy that I wouldn't mention on the podcast. Had a good time. Um, caught like five fish. No, I caught like six fish. Um, and I was really excited because I thought I was going to have good footage to at least, you know, put a nice video on YouTube. And turns out my cameras by 10 a.m. were shut down because it was so freaking hot. So I only caught like the first two bites out of it. The bite picked up later in the day which is kind of weird because i figured if i don't catch my limit by from 6 to 10 a.m i ain't gonna catch any fish because it's gonna get hot but funny enough uh, i caught them on shallow water on like from 10 to 11 when the temperature was almost 100 and the water temperature was almost 90 degrees um so yeah that kind of blew my mind but unfortunately i I only got footage of two of the fish. So you're going to trust me. I caught five fish. If you don't trust me, I don't blame you. 
we all we all fishermen, we're all liars by nature. But anyways, got a great episode for you today. I got Dustin Murguia, Dusty Yacker. You might know him as Dusty Yacker, great angler, um, great content creator. Um, here at Paddle and Fin, we love Dustin, and he's been on the Paddle and Fin a bunch of times, but I never had the pleasure of having him on the podcast. We're gonna be talking about a whole lot of things. We're gonna go down, I'm sure, through a bunch of rabbit holes here. But mostly it's going to be kayak fishing and how he got into kayak fishing and kind of like the love-hate relationship. We sometimes go as content creators and as competitors when it comes to kayak fishing. There's a big difference just being that weekend guy that takes the kids uh, kayak fishing, you know, once or twice every three months to a guy who kind of like does it constantly and for a living and competes in tournaments and has to put content and has sponsorship um, responsibilities. Whole different ballgame. We're going to be talking a lot about that. Hope you enjoyed the episode. In fact, I know you do. If you don't like me, you're going to love Dustin Jacker because he's an awesome guy. So before we go into that, just a reminder, sponsors, Douglas Rod. Go to Douglas Outdoors. Check out the full lineup of LRS, X Matrix, and Fly Fishing Rods. Oh, and I almost forgot. I am going to be in ICAST. So this episode is going to air Tuesday, the morning that ICAST opens. Um, so if you follow me on Bass Kayak and Beers on Instagram or TikTok, I just opened a TikTok account. Not thrilled about it, but, you know, sponsorships or whatever. Um, you can message me on either TikTok or Instagram, Bass Kayak and Beers, again, either, either account. Message me, tell me what you want to see from iCast, and I will do my best to get information out there. I might actually do some live events. So if you message me on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, those are the four days, message me. I will try to do a live on Instagram, and we can both, you and I, go check out that product that you want to do, and we'll do it live on Instagram. How about that? So. Again, message me. I'll try to keep up. I don't know how many of you are going to message me, but I'll reply and we'll set it up. And uh, again, if you don't want to do the live thing, just let me know what you want to see from my cast and I'll try to figure it out for you. Okay. So anyways, quick Waypoints commercial and have Dustin join us right now. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Dusty Yak, how you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. How you doing tonight, man? Excited to have you on the show, man. Uh, you've been pretty much on every paddle and fin show at the same mind, so I'm excited to have you. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know that that's technically true, but I think I've, I've been on uh, the paddle and fin uh, uh, platform uh, twice. Um, really, so, only yeah, twice feels like it'd be more. I, it, it, it could have been three times. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but 
regardless, uh, we're here now. So uh, let's let's have a good night. So how's uh, how's the fishing been for you lately? Well, that's a great question, and the answer is not good because uh, I haven't been fishing in close to two months. Really? Yes, and uh, that's that's not that's 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 purposeful. That's um, that's something that uh, I'm enjoying. I mean, to make a long story short, because I'm sure we can, we'll probably get into these things a little bit later with some of the other questions. Um, you know, when you when you're when you're on the road and kind of gunning for three years, you obviously neglect some things in your life. You neglect some things in your relationships. You neglect some things, uh, some real life matters, health issues, finances, things of that nature. So, really, what I'm doing is is something that I should have done periodically throughout the last couple of years, and I'm just kind of uh, yeah, crossing some T's, dotting some I's, and maintaining relationships and getting to some things that you just you know I basically had ignored over the last couple of years. So. Um, you know, with the gas prices, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to park it for maybe two, two and a half months, focus, uh, recalibrate, and then get back out in the fall. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting back out in the water, um, any day now, actually, I might go up to Sturgeon Bay tomorrow and, uh, meet, meet Bailey up there. I just saw you was in the Instagram. So if he drops me a pin, I'm going to go up there and try to hammer some smallies. Nice. Where area of the country do you live, Dustin? I'm in Chicago. I'm in nice. Chicago and, uh, Yeah. That's where I'm at, man. Cubs fan, White Sox fans, or don't care? I'm a diehard Chicago sports teams fan. I love both Chicago sports teams when it comes to baseball. So the Cubs and Sox, I like them both. If I had to pick one, I'd go with the White Sox because uh, oh, that's, that's, that's what I was. That's what I was born with. That's what that's what, that's what my dad liked. That's the experience I actually like better in terms of a ballpark because I can't stand Wrigley Field. But I'm, I'm lucky to have two teams, man. It's, it's like uh, two sons that you kind of secretly love one more than the other. But, I mean, isn't that like kind of – does how do you make it work? Because you know that. It's I, like I, the Mets and the Yankees. Like, they no, hate each other, it, ironically. I, totally. But, see, that's because, like, you're programmed to. Like, you learn it. Like, you have to. And that's it's kind of ridiculous because I have the best of both worlds, man. And, and it's easy to like both teams because they're never freaking competitive at the same time. So it's, I know, right? It's not like you got a root, like oh, oh crap. And then the only time you really got to like you know choose a side or, or perhaps root for one team maybe is when they meet up and play in the interleague stuff, which um, you know are, are always are always fun and entertaining. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I I, I wouldn't want to hate a Chicago sports team. One thing I don't understand is like when my Chicago friends like maybe move to another state or they go visit another state and they become like the other the other city's fans and stuff. I can't do that. Can't, can't do, I don't care where not, I go. I've never been a bandwagon, never will. Always I, Chicago till the day I die. I mean, I don't care for the city too much these days because it's, it's, it's real crowded and expensive. But sports teams, um, even though they're really not doing too well, um, all of them, like lately, uh, I still, you know, love. Not to get too far away from the subject. So, like me growing up in Puerto Rico, we don't have any professional team. Yeah. You know, I can imagine. You know, so I get to pick and choose, you know, what teams I like. So 1980, early 80s, early 80s, that's when that finally got cable TV. Yeah. So I was introduced to WGN in 1984. Yeah, the Cubs. The Cubs were, yeah. you know, were pretty good, even though they got swept by the Padres. And oh. that's the only day game I could watch, you know, like just on summer or, no. you know, after school, just watch a game and listen to Harry Carey. So it's a huge Cubs fan all my life, even though I hadn't been to Chicago. Then I grew up, and then the the 84, 85 Bears with the 
The Fridge, Walter Payton, Sweetness, um, Jim McMahon, Singletary. I that team was so good with the with the video music. The what is it? The Super Bowl the, Shuffle, baby. The Super Bowl Super Bowl Shuffle. I loved. It. I thought uh, McMahon was the coolest guy in the world with the bandana and the I, I, I glasses. Had, I, I, had awesome. that whole, I had that whole song memorized in two hours. I had the little record. Uh, I loved you know, it. I grew, I grew up in Chicago, so the '85 '86 Bears was was a phenomenon. And and people, yeah. even though I was a boy, I was maybe nine or ten years old. I am not quite sure, but um, uh, it was uh, something that you'll never forget because uh, you know. It was, a once in a century kind of team. Yeah. I think at worst it's the second best team in history, my opinion. Uh like I a, mean like like a franchise, like a franchise, team. yeah, like a team, you know. Yeah. I mean the New England has thrown a few versions of Tom Brady's team that can rival anybody, but I think that defense is just Oh, deep, the monsters of Midway. That defense oh, yeah. is just ugly. That was, Man, that was, that was horrible. Insane. Everybody on the field yeah. had, had speed, had strength, had discipline, and they were all coached well, and it's something that you probably won't see again. No, definitely. Yeah, not in the age of social media and all that. But anyways, <laughs> getting back on subject, man. So you mentioned you kind of like, and, and I'm not going to go into your personal life, right? That's, if, if you, you want, know. go ahead. I'll tell you. No, no, no. But it's um, – <laughs> You the more or less the reasons that you felt like, and I've known, I've haven't been involved in the sport that long for me to consider it being burned out. And as far as doing social me social media content and competitive, that's even you know even more recent. Sure. So, but I've talked to a lot of people that have kind of gone through that. I'm burnt out. I need a break. Yeah. Is that was that something that you went through when you took this decision just to? sabbatical for a couple of months here no burnt burnout would not be accurate at all in fact i was you know like as soon as you're driving home from a tournament that didn't go well and after you get over you know being angry and frustrated about it you, all you want to do is get right back on the road if yeah. the gas if the gas prices had remained at 370 or 390 or whatever or maybe even right around four i i, I probably wouldn't have i probably would have taken a week or two break and been right back on the road trying to get right back on the horse I mean, really, um, six dollars a gallon, like six thirty around here. I can't, it's not even conducive to me driving, and um, you know, I had uh, I hit the road hard. I stayed on the road for four and a half months, traveling from turning to turning, and I didn't do horrible, but I did not do nearly as good as I wanted to, as good as my goals that I set for myself, as good as I thought I might do completely focused and having no other responsibilities other than trying to tackle these tournaments. And uh, it didn't work out that way. In fact, it kind of worked out the opposite. Um, so, um, you know, when, when I got home, all things, you know, all things considered, I didn't cash a $2,000 check here or a $3,000 check here or a $6,000 check here, which I thought might be possible, um, you know, given the full-time approach, um, but, but they're, they're not easy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I did make some blunders, uh, some things, you know, didn't go my way. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, when, when you don't, when you don't make a little money, you know, things can get, you know, pretty serious real quick. So, um, uh, I'm, 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 pr I'm pretty much, uh, you know, I don't have any kids. So when I was teaching full time, I was able to save up a bunch of money and, um, for, for, for a long period there, I did very well. I won some considerable money and won a lot of kayaks and was able to, put up a um, fishing account full of money that, you know, and a little bit of savings account that I'm, you know, using right now to, you know, try to do that. So, um, 
Yeah. Uh, the, the break now is just kind of a smart, healthy thing about refocusing and recalibrating, catering to some things that are truly important, and then being able to get back out there with all those things settled, which will, you know, make me a, a more uh, focused angler. Fill me in on what is the stress level of uh, needing to have like a... <laughs> Well, it's funny because if there was a universal way to answer that, that's fine. But you're talking no. like a. Well, go ahead. Let me let, let me let you finish. Well, on the like, I'll give you an example. I fish, you know, national trails. I only fish three this year, but I don't have the stress of like I need to bring a check home. You know, I'm, for the most part, I'm going like I'm probably gonna skunk. Yeah. I'm just there for you know, kind of learning. You know, yeah. You know, cutting my teeth. You know, um, and learning from you know the quote-unquote pro anglers out there and then yeah. see where that takes me hopefully it'll be good enough one day to cast consistent check but for you that are out there and like you mentioned you're like you know not catching a two thousand three thousand dollar check kind of puts you behind kind of quote-unquote uh, behind the apple what's what's the level of stress there well there is a level of stress but to, but to, to kind of clarify things i'm not like hyper dependent on the check. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have some, I have some cash and there's some income coming in. I mean, you know, you know, I don't want to paint, you know, some uh, crazy picture, but, um, you know, mainly Armando, I think, uh, the, and that's something that I feel much better about now, because like I told you kind of before in the green room, um, you know, there's, there's some, uh, things that, you know, I had to kind of undergo and and think through, but, um, most of that stress was self-made. It's, it's not, it's not, uh, it, it, it wasn't being, um, it, it, I, w- I didn't have the right attitude. I wasn't in the right mental space with the way I approached the things. And a lot of the stress and a lot of the frustration that, that I personally experienced was of my own doing. It had nothing to do with how the tournaments went or what the end result was. Um, because really, ultimately, the big picture is I wasn't depending on the checks. And here I am traveling the country, fishing premier lakes, having the time of my life, doing what I love. And there's really nothing to regret about that. There really shouldn't be stress that you put on yourself outside of the normal stress of a a, a long trip on the road, being away from home for months, the diet, the constant organization, the early days and the late nights. And just the go, 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 go mentality. So there's some reality there. But my point is, is I think that um, that's normal. That's that's just stress you're going to have to deal with. In fact, you should be grateful about that stress because it's you're alive and it's you're you're, you know, you're able to get through it. I mean, this is these are these are things that they shouldn't be hiccups that had been hiccups in the past. But, you know, and I, th- I think I have a better approach on it. So there's going to be normal road stress. I mean, being on the road and, and doing that grind, I mean, anybody will tell you from from the pros to, to people like me, um, there's a reality to that. And, uh, you know, it, could, it it takes its wear on you physically, uh, emotionally and mentally. When you started, when, well, let me ask it this way. When, when did you decide, you know, I'm going to quit my job as a teacher and focus yeah. full time? How long ago uh, was that? Oof. Uh, oh, oh, what Jesus? I'm sorry. I think it was almost two years ago. Two years ago. So right, from, right, right when right when COVID hit. Okay, so pretty much, and that's fairly recent. Like yeah, two years ago. Like if you would have said five years ago, 
Now I, I confused myself. In okay. 2010, if you would have said, hey, back when it was two years ago, 2008, that was very different than saying it with a pandemic. In <laughs> between, like, it's a blur. Like, yeah, totally, totally. Notion, the notion of 12 month calendar year is gone. <laughs> you know, this for the pandemic, it's like, it's all a blur. I don't even know if it's two, mo- two years, you know, two. Well, Two months, it's just a blur, right? It's, as as a, as a teacher, I had yeah. to think, I had to think calendar. I had to think yeah. week. I, they, yeah. or, you know, it's crazy, and I'm it's just I'm not like that. Like now, time and space is totally different. Sometimes yeah. I, lose, I lose track of what day of the week it is. I know. Um, you know, I have a lot of time to kind of do the things I want, which is just a godsend. I can't tell you how wonderful that is. I no, and I and I completely um, can understand that. Yeah. So from the time you decided. You know, I'm going to quit my job and focus on this. Yes. Your expectations when you quit your job to what the reality is now, what's the difference? Let's see. It, well, if I if I can repeat your question, what what are the expect what were the expectations versus when I quit my job versus now? Is that, is what was what were you expecting to this for the next? Like if oh when oh, you took oh, that decision, oh. how do you thought this was going to play out in the two years? Not. Not counting COVID, keeping COVID away from it. Just of course, of course. Yeah. How I thought my the tournaments and that lifestyle and what I wanted yeah. to do with that. Yeah. Um, the the immediate answer is not nearly as well as I thought I would. Not based on being conceited or thinking I'm some fucking awesome angler. That's that's not it. But but saying, look what I did with a full time job. What the hell can I do with no job and just dialed in only on fishing? I thought that that's going to give me a huge advantage. And the reality is, sure, there was lots to take advantage of time, research, homework, um, focus and stuff like that. But the execution on the water simply just didn't happen. It wasn't bad. Catching limits. I mean, I'm coming in the top 10s and 20s and 30s, but I have wins on my mind. I wanted to win. win. I'm there to win. I'm a competitive ass person, like big time. I'm not, I'm not there to just like, Oh, that's fun. Experience, you know, experience in the country. I'm there to win. And that's been hammered in even more now because there is a huge difference to me between tournament fishing and competitive fishing and fishing. Yeah. And I completely now respect both things because when I, there's, I don't, I don't, it's not that it's not enjoyable, but I'm in like focus mode. I'm not sitting out on a Saturday, like, you know, cracking a beer and like just completely like sitting with nature and listening to the birds and looking at the water and like being calm. I'm like, you know, that's how I have to be. So there's, there's two different things. So I had to compartmentalize that uh, mentally and emotionally and say, here's how you need to behave this way. And here's how you need to behave this way. Otherwise you are going to straight up ruin your love of fishing, which almost happened. And, uh, you know, I was like, F that. There's no way. I love this too much. It's too much of a passion. My connection with nature is necessary for my well-being. So I need to be able to get to these places for me to live my life the way that I want to live and for me to be the best version of of who I want to be. So all in all, um, the expectations weren't met but a whole new series of how to think, how to act, how to behave, how to, you know, approach these kinds of things have now kind of come to me in a healthy way. So you, I kind of got to take the uh, good with the bad. What 
if you can pinpoint some of them, not has to be doesn't have to be all of it, but what are the things that you learned and have adapted to now versus when you started? Gosh, oh, I knew I should have written some of these things down. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's okay because once I start, I mean, I could just go off forever. Um, you know, um, I, th I, I, I just think some of the some of the key character characteristics you associate with maturity and sportsmanship. Um, take, taking a bad day in stride, being able to laugh, staying positive. Um, Learning how to, learning how to not be lazy about any aspect of your approach to what you're doing. Um, support, support, and support your fellow anglers. Mm -hmm. No matter how you did in that tournament, get to the dang way in, shake some hands, put a smile on your face, and be a good sport. There, there's, there's nothing like. Like, like getting home and saying, oh, God, I handled that situation so poorly. I'm embarrassed with how I handled that. I'm, I'm embarrassed myself with some profanity or some frustration or only being able to dwell on the negative. That, that, is, uh, that is not how you should approach any minute of your life in general. I don't care if you're fishing or if you're working, whatever it is that you're doing. So um, there, were, there were some, like, like, you know, some key life lessons sort of rolled up into the experience of, uh, the tournament competition. What has been the most surprisingly enjoyable part? Is there anything that you thought you weren't going to enjoy as much as you're enjoying right now about yeah. this decision? Yes, the actual car ride, the road trip, the, the road. You know, in, in, in these experiences, um, the road is actually a character. Like, yes, um, it, I, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, it sounds funny that way because uh, it's not alive, you know, but um it's there's so the bulk of the time is spent driving. You know what I mean? Like these 10, 12, 14, 16 hour drives. And what I thought might be, you know, exhausting on my back or like a, you know, just like exhausting here. You have so much time to learn, to think about things, to talk, yes. to talk to people. I did a lot of like maintaining of relationships and communication because I don't like to talk at home. I don't like to talk on the phone. I don't like to be kind of bothered at home. In fact, I keep my ringer off. I tell everybody that needs to get a hold of me, please text me because I will see it. Um, but uh, the car is like, um, and I have a, a forerunner and I'm, I, I love Toyota and I have a very comfortable truck and um, you know, it's got a good sound system. I can, I can curate a playlist, um, the, the audio books and the podcast. I mean, in eight hours, in 10 hours, you can learn things it took me four hours to learn when i was nine and ten because you had to read a magazine get the magazine you had to have access to a cable show or something you had to talk to somebody and so 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 the car the 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 road and the car uh trip was this wonderful opportunity to uh you know just do a bunch of stuff you thought you couldn't do because you were driving and a lot of it is, involves technology um but a lot of it involves um, realizing that you have a lot of time and how to maximize that time. So that was something that kind of surprised me. That's, I think, one of the most underrated part of it. My wife always asked me, now, granted, with gas prices, I kind of like <laughs> stayed close, you know, on just my, just stay close, just my fun fishing time, you know. Um, I just, which I do it during the week because I don't like to go to a lake on a weekend unless I'm, me neither. Me neither. I don't, I don't, 
I just today I had the the whole lake to myself. That's awesome. At one point, I was like, "This is amazing." There's totally. literally no one here. Yeah. Um, but the law. So, anyways, um, I've had to shorten my long drives, and my wife's is like, you know, I get up like three thirty in the morning, do a two hour drive to get to one of my favorite lakes and stuff like that, or try a new lake. My wife's like, "What do you do?" It's like that car ride is just like a reset button. Like sometimes, for the most part, I either listen on the way. To the lake, I'll listen to a podcast, usually kayak fishing podcast or um, what's the name? Uh, uh, I forgot the name of his podcast, but um, don't, now I forgot the name of his. <laughs> anyways, okay. there's so many. Life, it's hard for me to dial into. Anyways, KB and um, God, I forgot the name of that guy. I was listening to his podcast today. Uh, it's not Is he a fisherman? Thing. Yeah, yeah. Lund. Lund. What the heck? Anyways, <laughs> but point is, I usually I'll listen to a podcast, kind of like get myself ready to hit the water, you know, yeah. get into that fishing mentality, like hype yourself up and stuff. Yeah. And on the way back, you know, I'll either not listen to anything or just listen to music, depending yeah. usually how the day went. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But it is a, it is, it's just a, it's just a detox. It's just a reset button. Just. Nobody, you know, there's not a lot of people out driving at 3 a.m., right? So it's just like you have the road to yourself. Um, it's kind of dark, so there's no no distractions. And you kind of like just have time to think about anything and kind of <laughs> sort yourself out. Maybe of a bad day you had, not necessarily on the water. Maybe you just had a bad day in general. Maybe you had an argument with a loved one. Totally. Maybe you had a bad experience doing at work or something like that. And that drive usually just kind of like helps you, you know, put things in perspective. Well, what it does is it reinforces your notion of how valuable time is and how to utilize that time. So it's a good just kind of reinforcer and reminder that, um, you know, there's, there's, there's things that you can do. Not to mention seeing the damn country. Yes. Seeing, seeing the dang country. This country is beautiful. It's awesome. And it's big. There's tons of ugly stuff. And obviously there's some, some parts that are less desirable than others, but I mean, by and large, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a resource. It's something that you can use. And, and, and um, I, I uh, uh, for, for me, I'm addicted to the open road. I'm addicted to the open road. And it's just a, it's just a shame and a travesty that, you know, I, I purchased a forerunner. I knew it wasn't good on gas mileage. I mean, there's there's some hypocrisy there, but I I mean I, I knew gas prices would go up. I, I mean I, I really couldn't foresee these kinds of things. But um, to to try to get back on the question and what we're talking about is, yeah, man, you you got a lot of time to learn to do things to talk to people and see the country. I yeah. I, I, I grew up. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge book fan. I grew up with uh, travel logs and. And and I remember reading Travels with Charlie uh, and, um, you know, just uh, these these epic um, road trips across America where people discover themselves, uh, discover uh, other people and um, really get a different perspective. Because a lot of people just kind of, you know, chill around the area that they live and, you know, don't go too far. Yeah. And by the way, the difference between fishing a city lake county lake versus fishing a country lake it's fishing is a whole lot better less pressure yeah. no budget live just remember the name of the podcast i was with uh, luke duncan now okay. it just popped in my head that's the one i was yeah. listening to so sorry luke i totally forgot it but one what is the most we talked about what surprised you that you enjoyed 
that you weren't expecting to enjoy. Well, that was one what is, answer. I'm sure yeah. Lots, yeah. Yeah. Now, on the other side of it, what is one thing that you thought you maybe were going to love or you weren't going to be bothered as much by it, but now it really you really detest or really, you know, don't like it or, you know, just, oh, you know, hate it even more now? Uh, if there's anything, maybe there's nothing... I, I I I don't I don't know. Um, I've been in such a like a uh, um, I've been in such a um, like a positive mindset and like focusing on what's what is you know working and what is good that I I really haven't dwelled on those kind of things. Um, I don't think that I ever thought that the competitive nature and not achieving the goals would make me feel as poorly as it did. I mm. didn't think, I didn't I I never thought that. Um, I would take uh, a loss and bad performances so bad. I think that was something that shocked even myself and that's something that I had to uh, come to grips with so that, um, you know, you have the right attitude towards something so that you don't ruin it or embarrass yourself uh, or um, just uh, add negativity to, to something that should be pretty relentlessly positive <laughs> you know the out the outdoors yeah the spirit of, of, of sportsmanship um a bunch of like-minded people in, in, a, in a little subculture of kayaking doing what they love i mean really uh you, you kind of got it wrong if you aren't somehow enjoying that no i definitely agree with that um what do you think what do you look other than winning a tournament yeah. but what do you look most look forward to the most when you 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 know pencil in you buy the entry fee you're gearing up to go to uh fish either the hobie bos whatever tournament you're fishing practice. what are you most looking forward to practice i was talking with christine uh at uh at uh, christine fisher um at uh we 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 uh we are uh, teammates on some team dakota lithium teams and uh we stay we often stay together in uh what we call the dakota house the dakota Quota rental yeah. houses. And um, um, I'm certainly not going to speak for her, but I was telling her uh, that I was asking her, what's, what's, what's your favorite part of this? You know, once, once you get down, a very similar question, you know, once you get down here, what's your favorite part of this? And, and we won't talk about the things that she said, but what I told her was my favorite part of this is practice. My favorite part of this is like being able to just go to any lawn tramp, look at man, like casually go around and play in a playground like a child. And there's no pressure. You don't have to worry about what your casts are doing. You don't even have to really fish. You can look. You can mess with your electronics. You could, you're just like Sherlock freaking Holmes. And it, it allows so much freedom and liberation that, you know, you feel that way. Once the, for, for me, once the actual tournament starts, it's a completely different mode. And I can't help it. I'm completely hardwired. There's no way possible that I could ever, like... Be nonchalant, like ever, like, like, it's not like I'm stressed out or freaking out or like shaking or anything like that. I mean, but, but I'm in freaking game mode and, and I'm sure people have seen it. I'm sure people have seen it at launch ramps. I'm sure people have probably walked away and said, man, that guy's intense or, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the default mode. Um, and even though we talked about a lot of lessons learned, there's, there's something that's reinforced. I, I kind of had to adjust. What I had to do is not lose that, that focus. As much as I don't like getting worked up and like getting that, that letting that competitive thing over, overwhelm me, 
I still fish good with a chip on my shoulder. I still like, you know, I still like swearing. I still like, you know, like that's what I do out there. I, like I swear to myself, you know, not crazy, like screaming. Uh, I get like, you know, I, what motivates me and what helps me focus and dial in is like a, you know, like, you know, come on, come F and on. Let's go. Let's go. That like, that kind of like, that's, that's what I do. It's very intense. So, you know, that, 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 that's, that's some emotional real estate and that'll, that'll, that'll take something out of you. So, so what I, to answer your question, what I love is the practice. I love getting down there and having two or three, maybe sometimes even four days to just breathe and soak it all in. One of the touching on something that you said, one of the things that I find interesting and keep in mind, I've just national trails kind of like this been the, only the last two years I've done it. Sure. And one of the things that like we were talking about sports, you know, I'm a huge sports guy and all that. Yeah. Kayak fishing community is what it is. You know, it's a great community. You see people like yourself, you know, meeting uh, people like you, Christian Fisher, you mentioned um, Gio, um, uh, Guillermo Gonzalez, uh, Matthew Scott. There's, you know, there's a whole bunch of lists of people that I can mention that are just great to meet, right? And you Absolutely. feel like you root for them and all that. And one of the things that I've, when I'm on the water, and this is a balance that I don't know that it's not always easy to kind of navigate. But to me, if I'm if I'm on the water, like. And the the day that I noticed that this started was mm -hmm. I used to fish just a local uh, trails, uh, okay. Slay Nation tournament series here in Texas. It was just, you know, kind of like a, a bunch of guys and girls, you know, that were just kind of like starting off. Some of them are really good. Matt Biles, Matt Wallace, um, and a bunch of others. Christian Cooper was also fishing there. Great anglers. Not national level anglers, but great anglers. Themselves. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's much more of a buddy thing. Then I remember the first time I go to a tournament and I'm out there, you know, at the captain's meeting, and I see Mark Pendergraf, who had just won uh, the uh, Possum Kingdom, the, the Bassmaster Kayak Series National Championship, the first one, hence the nickname Possum King. And I see, um, oh, my God, I forgot his name, Brian Howell. Okay. Who had just been on a tear on the Hobie Bios, and yeah. I think at that point was actually leading the end of the year. Yes, yeah. at that point, and in my mind, the first thing I thought is like, "Oh yeah, this is not the good old boys club. This is real." And I remember now I have the huge amount of love and respect for both Brian and Mark Pendergraf. You know, I Mark and Brian are one of those guys, and when I'm there, I just, you know, I not shake hands. I give them a bro hug. Yeah. The best because I really genuinely love those guys. Yeah. But I remember being there, and in my mind, I was like, I something switched that I was like, when I when the line starts in, Brian and Mark are not my friends. <laughs> I'm not my heroes. I'm not the people that I look up. It's the people that I want to beat. Like, I was, like, mad at them. And, and again, that's just me putting myself in that position. And it turned out to, I, I got second place just by a hair. Um, uh, Mark Pernigraf actually won, which is actually, people call him the Possum King, but he's actually even better at Lake Fork. Uh, so I lost. I got second place. I got a few inches above Brian Howell. 
And it's, again, once lines out, it's like bro hugs again. I love these guys, and I do love them, and I look up to them. Yeah. But once I'm on the water, that day, it was like, oh, this is, it might be a local, but this, I got national, like, I got some names that I want to put on my belt that I take down. And that's just me yeah. pumping myself and gear myself for, like, hey, you know what? I'm paying the entry fee. Might as well win some money and might as well take some names with it. Well, and and it's it's not everybody is that way. What are your thoughts on that? How are you like um, in that I mean, aspect? You said it perfectly. Not everybody's like not everybody's like that way. Every is it you know what, what I've learned and what I've seen and what I, what I kind of can observe is that you know people are different in their in their competitive approach. I kind of talked about it earlier. What 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 sets me you know in in competitive mode? And one thing that I can tell you for sure, it's definitely not other people. I could care less who's on the leaderboard. I could care less who's actually fishing. I, 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 I respect and admire, and, and I'm certainly familiar with some of the caliber of these anglers that I fish with. And I know they're phenomenal anglers, and many of them are uh, at a level that I'm, I'm certainly not at. Um, however, that never was an issue. That was never a problem. I never succumbed to any kind of intimidation. When I fish against Mike Iaconelli, I'm not like, oh, man, that's Mike. I, I, it, he's just it's a, a person that makes up the number of people on the actual leaderboard. Every single battle or anything that I position is dusty versus dusty, me yeah. versus the fish. And that's actually a good thing. That's actually kind of how it's been since I started. I never would, you know, I'm never going to like, uh, you know, get into it with an, like, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I have gotten into it with another angler, but it's usually over petty stuff. Like, you know, we're, yeah. we're six feet apart or like, you know, it's like, dude, come on, give me some space or. You know, maybe a social media gaffe, like, you know, one or something like that. But but for the most part, it's all dusty versus dusty. It's me. Like, if I'm going to get mad at myself, I get mad at myself. If I'm going to, you know, be happy about myself. It's it's happy about myself. It's never, you're never going to hear me talk about other anglers or or or, 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 or demean them or somehow, you know, take, you're just not going to do that. You're not going to see that. So uh, my competitive uh, disposition is... It's me. It's me versus me. It's just me versus the fish. That's it. Don't think about it. Who, who you're fishing or who's on the leaderboard or what big name is this or that or how many points they've won or what they've earned. I mean, that's completely irrelevant. But like you said, everybody's different. So for you, the motivation is like, man, these guys are sticks. These guys are hammers. It's yeah. going to be awesome beating them. That's my motivation. And then as soon as the competition is done, you're, you're, you're doing you're drinking beers with them. You're hugging them, you know, and, uh, you know, it's cool like that. And, and just to clarify, it's not that I'm rooting against them. It's not that I wish. Like I always say, if I'm on a tournament, if I ever win a tournament, I don't want to see all those big names get skunked. I want to see them put great numbers because ah. I don't want to. I want to say I beat them at their best, you know. And again, that's just me. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to have that lucky win. I want to yeah. have like a win. Or like, you know, you're like, you beat – um, Cody Milton when he was pulling a hundred inches, Good you know, luck, you know, you know yeah. but that's, that's, you know, what I would like for myself. And again, it's not that I wish him bad or I'm going to totally. do anything to sabotage. No, I, no, I'm totally happy to, to lose against them, but it's just that motivation. Everybody's different. You know, yeah. it's just like, to me being kind of like the new guy and the way you, you mentioned it, you know, having a chip on your shoulder, you know, everybody's different yeah. because everybody, you know, some, somebody like Christine Fisher, who's already one of the best anglers in the world, 
her mentality is going to be different. She's already one of the best anglers in the world. Um, Jordan Marshall, um, Ross Snyder, Cody Milton. You know, yeah, but, but, but when but, you look, go ahead. Well, I'm, well, yeah, but I, I know Christine, and she's 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 got a lot of humility. She would never say something like that. She's the best angler in the world. Oh no, no, no! But you know it, and you're not like I mean, you're not. You're not looking at somebody, and I don't know for a fact that I'm just mentioning the, you know, some of the best names out there. Their mentality, to me, that's different because now you have all the confidence in the world because you, you know, I don't feel like you have nothing to prove to yourself. Like to me, being the new guy and somebody that struggles to kind of like put it the piece of the puzzle together, I want, I want that ship on my shoulder. I never want to be complacent, com, you know, complacent, yeah, complacent with with who I am as a competitor. Well, and the way to achieve that is, I see those big names, I want to beat them. Not yes. anything personal against them. Of I, it's a compliment. Totally. It's a compliment. You want to beat the best, right? So you know, it's think, think of all. Yeah, I, that's how I see it. I look at the leaderboard. Okay, I want to take all these names down. Not think, yeah. Think think but, of all those guys that couldn't win a championship because Jordan was in the league. Yeah. Just not going to win it when, when they had their shit together, their team together, yeah. and all that stuff. And when he retired for a couple, you know, played baseball yeah. for like a year and a half, that's when some guys got their rings. You know what I mean? So, yes, you want to beat the best. And that is healthy. That is a healthy, competitive thing. And it's good to be that way. You just have to, um, you have to bridle your competitive yeah. zeal. You have to rein it in a little bit. Exactly. And that's a learning process and something I did for the last two or three years and I'm kind of glad I went through it. Yeah, and that's if you ask me two years from now, probably my motivation is probably going to be completely different. Maybe it will, maybe not. I don't know because I haven't got there yet. You know, it, 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 you, could be. it could be. You have to open yourself to, like you mentioned, to learn and adapt. Oh my goodness. You can't oh. just go into this thinking I can't go myself. I can't go with into this thinking, oh, I have all the answers and I'm going to no. stick to this because this is who I am and I cannot change. No, completely not. At least not for somebody that's starting off. You got to like, I'm going to this with a plan, but also with an open mind that I may have to adjust my mentality, my mental part of it, my emotion part of it, my lure selection, everything. Perfectly, per yeah. perfectly, perfectly said, because my advice for would-be anglers is to stick with what they know, stick to some fundamental basics. I mean, less is more when you're dealing that way, but be open to learning, be open to new techniques, be open to, to um, you know, on the water investigation and, and, you know, a lot of these nuances that make up our sport, because you'll never know it all. Things are always changing. You're, you're never, you know, you might master your home lake, you might be comfortable on this lake or that lake, but there's always new opportunities and always, there's always uh, changing circumstances. So that's a good attitude. What has been your proudest moment for you as a competitor um, that you feel like, yes, like I'm, this is the most I'm proud of. I've been about an achievement on talking about on the water. On the water? Uh Gosh, I, I don't know that I've really thought about that too much. Um, are, 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 do, you, do you want it to be specific to a tournament well, situation or, or just I, on the water fishing? 
let's start with the tournament. So, and for example, it doesn't have to be your biggest win because some right. people said, "Hey, my biggest win was kind of what I expected." I know the lake. I know what that the lake produces. Yeah. I'm familiar with it. I'm not surprised I win. Well, it could be that. It could be that. But it also could be I got skunked the first day, and I could have just sure. packed it yeah. in. But the second day, I put the biggest uh, bag of the day. You know, it could be yeah. different. Yeah. No, no. I, but, but, but I think the specific answer to your question is last year, even though um, I, 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 I didn't win. I mean, I. I'll say that I choked. I'll say that I that I like kind of like flopped a little bit. I mean, maybe other people don't see it that way. I mean, I certainly tried. I mean, I got a limit. I mean, I did I did all I can do to for three days in an area, which is very tough. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I I took home a really nice check and I qualified for the for the Hobie Worlds. So I think that's probably my proudest moment is is qualifying and representing the United States of America in the Hobie Worlds competition, wherever they're going to announce it's going to be. And, 2024, 2023. So um, that's probably my, my my proudest accomplishment. And you know what? I, I, I don't even think I ever have ever had a chance to 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 real to think about that. I think right now you're making me think about that for the first time. Well, you're welcome. No, <laughs> no <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> what going on the other side now, what do you think it's gonna be like the lowest of the lowest when officially on the tournament you've been? Okay, and I'm sorry to make you I probably should have started with that one and ended up with the second one. And we kind of go there, into a good note. Was, well, I'll remember. I'll never forget it. Uh, there was uh, there was two instances. One that was more high stakes, but not as bad, and one that was less stakes, uh, but bad. Uh, and uh, the bad was um, uh, uh, Hobie Bos a couple, two or three years ago at Lake St. Clair, where um, I came out smoking, just smoked them on day one, 98, 99 inches or something, catching giant smallmouth on top water. We were filming it. It was it was, it was incredible. It was like. Oh my, like I had, I had just formed a relationship with catch. We, he had the cameraman out there. It was like a gorgeous day for filming. He had never filmed fishermen, but it looked like he was born to do it. And I was rocking five and six pounds smallmouth in a top water. He was getting like vintage films of it. And like, I was going to win the Hobie and qualify for the world and just kind of boom, you know, man, this is my, some of my first national trails. And then uh, I tanked on day two. Like I didn't tank. I actually, I got a decent limit and I had the winning fish on three times and it just jumped off. I, like they were on, I, I was, I should have won easily actually. And they just came off and, um, I, I, I got real upset. Um, but the reason I'm pinpointing that, I mean, you get upset anytime you can blow a tournament. I mean, most people I know do, I guess, uh, maybe they don't admit it. I, I don't know. Anyways, but, uh, man, oh, oh my man, my, my, my poor wife, holy cow, man. That ride home was like a nightmare because to divulge a little information, there there were some family issues that were that were terrible. I had I had I was dealing with some 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 things. I mean, it wasn't personal, but I was dealing with some family issues that were just out of control. No matter how you look at it, for anybody, it was just real dysfunctional stuff. And uh, you know, I had to dwell on that on the ride home. Like I, I ignored it for like a week, and I was up in Lake Saint Clair just doing my thing and. Then I got on 94 after blowing that and blowing and I, I, I dropped down to 12th place, like out of the money, you know, and I was, I was embarrassed. Um, I, uh, I, I did have to go home, but I technically could have went to the weigh-in. Um, had I won the thing, obviously I would have went to the weigh-in, but, um, you know, it was one of those things where like, you, you know, you handled it wrong, but like, here I am on 94, on, on interstate 94, trying to get home and it's 
bumper to bumper traffic and I just had this I had a meltdown. I had like an emotional meltdown. I felt like a, a blimp was crashing. Like like I just like it was like an out of body experience. And it probably had to do with what was going on with the family. But I recall that vividly. I recall that drive home saying, you know, oh you blew it, you blew it. And this is this is the kind of thing I was talking about earlier. You can't be you can't behave that way. I had a pretty good tournament. I came in 12th place out of like 90 anglers. I had a great time catching huge smallmouth. So what? You had a lot. I, I learned a lot. I learned about out the lake. I met some people, you know? So, you know, it, it's it's kind of like you could look at this, you know, horrible situation that was, you know, not fun to be in you know, at the time. And then, you know, you draw experiences from that and you ultimately learn from it. But you know, that was, that was, a, that, that was, that was kind of a low point. The other one was, was FLW Cup at Lake Wachita where I, should have won that one too, man. I had the whole, all I needed was five fish. Didn't matter how big they were. All I needed was five. And I caught four fish like in like, uh, I don't know, the first three hours. And then I had like three enormous blowups on the Whopper Plopper that they just completely missed. And um, that would have been a huge high profile win, $12,000. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, miss it, you, you miss it by one fish and you, you had three or four opportunities to do that. So. These things can be pretty frustrating, and uh, right now, um, that twelve thousand dollars would be looking good, uh, even though <laughs> a couple years ago that because the, the, these anything from fishing was put in my 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 fishing PayPal, so it wasn't like you know I'd get it and then spend it right away. That was all like house money, casino money that, that I knew I'd want to buy equipment with, buy kayaks with, fishing gear, go on, you know, that was all devoted to fishing. So. Um, we, we might not be talking right now. I might, I might be on the road had those previous things be done. Potentially might be more advanced in a career with sponsorships because you have to win. You have to win, I think. Now, it's not technically true. You could be a fine angler, maybe not even a good one. You got a good social media presence. If you're consistent there, you can sort of cultivate a, you know, cultivate a, a, a space in our space and and, and kind of do that thing there. Uh, but, but personally, like me, I really think you, 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 you got to win to get yourself sort of putting yourself sort of in that elite category that where you not only are good at XXX, but you've shown that you, you have what it takes to kind of get here. So, um, you know, there, there were some opportunities I think missed there. I think I left some, some, uh, um, money and some, uh, clout, and some respect on the table. What have you? What lessons have you learned from that? And I know you touched on it a little bit. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah. Let's let, let's get let's get away from um, like the personal emotional lessons and like the tech, like the tactical yeah. lessons. Yeah. God, man, a lot. Uh, it's just kind of too. Um, well, let's talk about the main thing. Let's talk about treble hooks, line, and rods. Holy shit man oh my goodness <laughs> uh it really taught me that um there are uh you got to pay attention to the fine details you yep. can't you can't you you can't be comfortable you got to pay attention to the fine details your line size diameter braid mono floral your action of your rod lure that you're throwing your retrieve how you set the hook in a kayak all that stuff makes a huge 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 difference and if you slack in any of those areas one little twist or turn could be the difference between full-time fishing for the next 10 years or biting it in the dust in six months and having to go work a nine to five for Joe Schmo. 
I mean, it really, it really is when it comes to competitive fishing. So, you know, these things really taught me that everything's got to be, got to be tight. Everything's got to be, you, you, you have to fish with a purpose. You have to, you have to do everything with that's with a purpose, like from, from how you tie it to how you, to, to, to what you're throwing it on. I mean, it's got to be all specific. There's got to be a game plan. You can't be random. You have to think things through while you're doing it, execute it and, 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 and try to have nothing go wrong. <laughs> There's no cutting corners when you're oh, talking man. about that level. I mean, you, you're out there joy fishing and you feel like you don't want to, you know, retie or something like that. Or you just like, yeah, you know what? I'll, uh, this is, this is my crankbait rod, but I'm going to use it for my, for my, no, uh, no, for my jig. No. If you're fun fishing, that, that's one thing. But when you're on a tournament, that's you right. can't, you can't, there's no cutting corners. That's right. And when I'm fun fishing, that's the, I don't care. I mean, of course, I'm, you know, I, yeah. since I, since I'm a competitor and since I have a lot of knowledge, of course, I'm going to use the right rods and stuff like that, but yeah. there's no, like, you know, there's no stress. There's, yeah. there's zero stress. And that's something I had to kind of, um, there's something I had to sort of recognize who, who I am. Cause I would love to change. I'd love to be like, Hey, let, let me have the approach I have when I'm fun fishing. And let me, let me put that towards competitive fishing. There's no way that's going to work. There's no way that's ever going to work. Because fun fishing, I'm just lazy. And yeah. fun fishing, you can't be lazy. No, not especially with, even though the sport is new, it does have this, I don't know if you want to call it 5%, 10% or uh, elite anglers. Okay. That I believe, and you're obviously one in that percentage, but anglers that could compete literally on an elite level. Yeah, um, I, think there's, I think there's five. tournament. I think there's five to 10 people in the space. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's still a new sport, kayak fishing as far as tournament goes, but there's yeah. still some, some great anglers out there without, and it's only going to get better. It's only going to, it's only going to get better. And I think that this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I, I think that um, 
I think that there's a lot of room to grow in the kayak space if done correctly and if things unfold a certain way. So, yeah, I think that there's um, some longevity and we're going to see some really cool things. I know. I totally agree. I was watching, I don't know, um, not cable TV because cable TV doesn't exist anymore, but uh, just kind of random sports um, that I was like, if they can put up uh, like a live streaming event. Oh, why can't we like curling? Like, <laughs> I was like, if curling can have a live event, <laughs> well, the guy there's that much attention. I'm sorry, but kayak fishing can do well as well. There the dynamic some, is different because of the recording are, of the water and all that. Cons, yeah. There are some pros yeah. and some cons, and it's a wonderful, wonderful topic. And I think these are the kind of topics that need to be talked about in our sport yeah. totally. Um, but uh, yeah, that technology is there. That technology is, is it exists. In fact, it's becoming a little cheaper when we, yeah. when we talk about bonded cell service and the cameras that can be fitted onto kayaks for um, seven eighty uh, or seven or ten eighty p in one bar service. You know. Uh, we were, um, in fact, I was with Scott Butcher a couple years ago down in Chickamauga or a year and a half ago, and we did, we did a Catch Outdoors episode about it. We were testing that kind of equipment to see what kind of signal and service we can get in the lowest of service areas, because that's ultimately what you're going to have to have if you're going to have people tune in. You can't have frozen screens. You can't have blurry pics. When people tune in to see a, a, a kayak competition or see what that's all about, they, they're going to need to see a clear picture, a high quality picture and something that streams. So we, we were actually doing that. And um, I, I think I think a lot of people are in agreement that it's that kind of exposure um, that um, can really um, um, attract a lot of people that might not otherwise even know about kayak fishing or take the time to kind of look at some of the stuff that already exists on the Internet. So I think that there's some stories to tell there. I think that there yep. are some some attractive angles to, to, to offer when it comes to our sport, if, if it's done a certain way in a particular way. And yeah, man, the sky's the limit. Dusty, let me ask you more of a personal question. Sure. Um, so I've already had you for an hour. I don't want to take too much of your time. So kind of wrapping it up, who's Dusty Yacker when he's not fishing? Ah, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I spend an inordinate amount of time uh, reading and on the piano. Uh, so I really like to play instruments and write songs and stuff like that. Just kind of kind of screw around there. Um, I love I, I like creating content, too. Um, I, I feel that I'm still in my infancy with the, with the content. I really do. Um, I mean, I think I think like a year and a half ago or two years ago, I never even put a piece of footage in any kind of editing software and, and like edit it other than like maybe like a GoPro app or something like that. Um, I have, I have, I have so many um, ideas about like what I want to create and what I want to do, but I have to master some technological aspects of that. So, I mean, who Dusty Yacker really is um, out, outside of fishing um, is, 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 you know, uh, just nor a normal human being, man, going through, going through the, the same experiences that so many people do, uh, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, um, always trying to search for, uh, you know, being a better person, you know, happiness and, never settling for less and trying to always kind of like, you know, keep it here and like kind of move up. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I really want to explore uh, more content, more filmmaking, um, become an even better angler, um, able to see more places in America, uh, be a good advocate for the sport, uh, be a trusted resource that people can depend on um, online and, um, and just try to continue to, uh, push the envelope when it comes to um, um, 
when it comes to like uh, telling real stories, man, when, when it comes to getting into the, to the nitty and gritty of things, getting, getting past the grip and grins and getting past the everyday, the everyday, like, here's a big fish. Yeah. I mean, that's great. And it's great. And I love it. But I think there's so much more that we can yeah. learn about ourselves and each other. And like, you know, kind of like, you know, some, some, some more overarching themes about, you know, like, you know, humanity and, 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 uh, and togetherness and, and connections with outdoors and, um, unity and, uh, positivity. When I know you were a teacher before you moved into full-time kayak fishing, but business side, aside of it, more of, a in this theme of fun fishing, yeah. if you weren't kayak fishing for fun, what would you be doing for fun? If I, if I wasn't kayak fishing or if I just fishing wasn't in my life, if fishing wasn't in your life, what hobby would you do uh, to kind of keep you entertained? Music, writing, uh, and uh, uh, camping, outdoors, go, go just traveling. It's cool. Uh, when you said, you said music and writing or just writing music that I uh, no, to separate. I like I like music. I mean, I, of course, I like writing okay. music, but I don't I don't write like sheet music or, or like uh, you know anything sophisticated. Just just folksy songs and, and pop songs and songs that kind of come to me, you know, out of the blue. But I do really enjoy writing. Writing is actually something that I'd like to pursue a little more professionally. Not crazy hardcore, but I would like to write a book. I'd like to write some memoirs. Um, I, I I have a lot of I've actually I've started. I've had a, I have a lot of different various files and things that I, I've kind of patched together. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, photography, filmmaking, uh, writing, uh, music, uh, you know, all, 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 you know, those kinds of things. And I said this as a compliment, but just, I hadn't previously talked to you before this, but yeah. I, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but it seems like you have you a really, psychoanalyze me, go ahead. Yeah. No, but it seems you have a very creative brain. Like yeah. you seems like you have very creative, but I can see why you would pursue something like writing memoirs or yeah. or music or uh, well, I mean, you I'm, do I'm, seem I'm, have to be wired that way. I'm, from what I'm, I got, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wired that way. I mean, there's no way, shape, or form to deny it or get out of it, which is something I probably tried to do for ten or fifteen years of my life. You know, I wasn't, you know, I I wanted to, be, you know, uh, be good with tools and you know sports and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right there, you know, like my dad's like, you know. You, you sissy, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, nah, dude, I love music and writing and creative stuff. I'll still slap you if you say something dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, man. I just have a lot to offer. This is who I am. So, um, you know, that's the overarching theme of what we were talking about, this whole kind of thing, like me kind of like learning about myself and like, like you know, learning about different phases of myself and, and, and you know, in my life. So um, one of them is just, uh, you know, just loving your strengths and kind of loving who you are running, running with it 110%. So, you know, a, a, a lot of what I want to do in the future is, is are things outside the box, things we're not seeing in content, exploring, exploring the uncomfortable, asking tough questions, uh, divulging awkward, embarrassing things, because it's things that every day your person, your buddies and the people that you know are going through too. They just might not want to talk about it. And it's not in an awkward way or a forced way, but in a way that's, that's, that's good in a way that's healthy for everybody in a way that's like fresh and new because we see a lot of the same stuff. If bass didn't exist, what would be the next species you would target when fishing? Uh, um, Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, I need I need to cross the saltwater threshold. These are all bucket list things. I think I've saltwater fished generically four or five times in my life charters when I'm in Mexico yeah. or something like that. I need to get into the flats, into this, into into the brackish. Uh, I need to go offshore with like the the, the salt and f- the, the uh, fresh and salty crew in Kaivang out in California. I need to go down in the Texas coastline and fish for redfish. Um, so I think that's the answer. Um, I, I like pike and muskie. I really do. I think walleye are kind of intriguing, but I think the answer to that question is definitely that brackish saltwater um, stuff that I have not done solo or like gone with like an individual person, like with like their boat out in the bay or, you know, or, or this or this or that, or even the kayaks, which is what I really want to do. So the good thing about that is that's very accessible. I have a lot of people that have already offered me plenty of time. Hey, if you ever want to come down, you know, come down and do that. So I think that's the next uh, frontier, if you will. What's next for Dusty Yager in both in tournament and content creation? Uh, thank you for asking. Um, in tournaments, I think I'm going to, I'm going to finish this year up. Listen, I got, I got one, sh- I got one more shot at qualifying for the uh, Hobie uh, TOC on Cattle Lake, which my goodness, that's from, from when it was announced, I was like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to qualify for that one. And I, I can't believe it. Um, I, I couldn't even, I was late registering. You, you know how the, the Hobie BOS went this year. They yeah. sold out in a, in a minute. And I, 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 looking back, I slacked, but I thought, I mean, I thought I'd have five or 10 seconds and I didn't, yeah. I, couldn't, I, I couldn't get into Susky and I'm heartbroken. I couldn't get into Lake Chickamauga. And, and even I was on a waiting list, AJ called me and said, Hey, we got an open slot and I'd already made plans. And I was like, Oh, and I can't even make it now. So my season really, um, these were details I made of not have talked about earlier. My season really was compromised, like kind of like right there and then. So I, I have one shot at, at getting into this TOC and that's the Fox river and Appleton event in August. And, uh, I really hope, um, I'm able to do that. I, I, I don't enjoy Kentucky Lake. I don't, I don't even really want to go down to Kentucky Lake and that's where the KBF national championship this is this year. So I don't think, I think I'm going to skip that. So I'm really hoping I could do extremely well at the Hobie BOS in August. I'll probably, I thought I was going to go to the Lake St. Clair, Lake Erie one. That's actually tomorrow um, with the KBF, but I just decided not to. And uh, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up with a couple tournaments in the fall and really put my focus on some of the content that we're doing with catch outdoors. Um, We've, we've slowly built uh, um, a really cool thing there that's going to get uh, wildly better uh, with experience and with what we've already done. So we have some really cool things that we're looking forward to and some destinations, uh, and we want to bring you some really special content. So we're going to, um, you know, there's, there's going to be some great things to look out for from Catch Outdoors in the next six months or so. Yeah, and no, one thing about Catch Outdoors is, Pretty, pretty much is the only company like Hawk Trout. I mean, that, that's crap. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, for national level tournaments, there's no other competition. They don't have competition. It's well, either they have a catch board or you or you're not going to compete. Well, while, while we're talking and while, while people are listening, let's let's um, let's make let's make um, some things clear. Catch outdoors and catch products, of course, same group, you know, same yeah. people. But catch products is the manufacturing division, and catch outdoors is the film and videography division. So, mm-hmm. so catch outdoors isn't the uh, isn't the the, the business that's going to give you the board. Catch products is the business. Yeah, it's just a little distinction, no big deal at all. Oh no, and that's what I was going with because, and that's what I love about catch. They're not resting on their laurels, you know, because <laughs> uh, at some no. point somebody somebody is gonna 
say, well, you know, I want to build a, a board that's going to be KBF, Hobie BOS, and Bass Nation characters approved. But Catch is kind of like, well, you kind of have to keep your name out there. You know, because at some point somebody's going to do it and you want to already establish yourself, not just in the product, but in the social media aspect that name branding, name branding. Absolutely. So when people, when people talk about, you know, it used to be before catch, nobody called it a measuring board. Everybody called it a hot drop. I remember when I started, I was like, and they had like, yeah, that was, that was it. There was their brand name was the name of ended up being synonymous with the product. Yeah. Now with catchboard is like well, and that's what happened. Hot drop. They just settled, in my opinion, right? And everybody makes their business like they fit that they see fit, but they kind of like you know they they stay with this product that was not good, and now catch product came out and says, okay, we're taking over now. And well, now when you talk about that product, when you talk about national trails, you're like you don't say, well, you have to have a metal board. No, they say you have to have a catchboard. Totally. So now it's like it's the brand, the brand name represents the actual product. Absolutely. And to make a long story short, uh, Catch is not stopping with boards. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't divulge details. You know. Yes, stuff like I understand. That, but uh, be on the lookout. Um, yeah. We're we're dropping little clues and hints here. Um, you can certainly follow Catch Products on Facebook and social media. You can follow um, Duke Westcamp's personal feed. Um, but there are a lot of very 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 cool things in the mix and he and, and no doubt uh, yeah we're blessed with the uh, uh um a pretty sophisticated shop with some pretty cool equipment in there and uh really the, you know it, it's 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 whatever you can dream up you know yeah. we can make so yeah so catch products uh love them and absolutely uh, glad to see that they're not just you know they're still making you know growing the brand and not just sticking with what's uh you know, not resting all their laurels. Correct. Anyways. Absolutely. But one more question, Dustin, before I leave you. I, I have plenty of time. I'm not worried, but I know you got to wrap it up for the listeners. So just well, yeah, for those. But you had to pick one national event to win. You can only have one. And I know this is more interesting with you because this is your livelihood, right? Sure. So well, you got KBF. Well, kind of. Like, KBF yeah. has the highest payout. Um Bass Nation Cat Series has the most media as far as getting sponsored. That gives you a little bit more media than the other two. And then Hobie BOS is more of you beat the best of the best kind of thing. Yeah, it's a it's what, a no brainer. It's a no brainer. I mean, which Hobie, one for you? Hobie BOS Trail because you're 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 competing against typically what's considered the the, the in our space the the premium competition. Um, I agree. This, yeah. this, this is this is not to degrade or to, to bash anybody else. It's just I know, that, everybody that, has that, that's that's if that's the that's the direct and immediate uh, answer to your question. Um, yeah, there's really not much else to say. No, and there's no wrong answer to me. If somebody's like KBF, hey, you know, it gives me a higher payout. I'd rather win that one. Sure. Nation somebody, yeah. somebody that's looking for sponsorship might say, hey, I'm not going to get paid as much as Bass Nation Characters, but. I get to look at Drew Gregory. I get all this media attention is going to yeah. help me now get more sponsorship. So yeah. there's no really wrong answer. It's just what your you know brand name um, is trying to accomplish. Dustin, I want to give you a few minutes to thank anybody you want to thank, sponsors, sure. family member, anybody makes your kayak fishing experience happier. Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, it it's, uh, kind of rolls right off my tongue, man. I'm 
we were just talking about catch. Uh, it's little more than a sponsorship. It's a family. It's a friendship. It's a creative endeavor. It's, um, it's a whole lot of things. So, I mean, I'm just blessed to have Duke and company to be able to just, you know, uh, mingle with and talk to and just kind of, you know, to, it's, it's a family kind of thing. So that's just wonderful. Uh, and, and pretty close to families, uh, you know, Dakota lithium is stormy out there. I was talking to you a little bit earlier about like the rental houses and the Dakota houses, that is not to be understated, man. Uh, you know, be, get, getting down to, you know, 14 hours into your trip and then you, you're able to go into a lovely room and bed in a beautiful rental house and you're not even paying for it. These are these are things that make the whole thing possible. So they're a little more than sponsorship. I mean, they're they're. I mean, these are very meaningful things. So certainly a shout out to Catch and Dakota Lithium and uh, certainly a shout out to Hobie Fishing who have, you know, provided me with the platforms that I'm comfortable with fishing out. And I really love the stability and the technology of that boat. And I, I, it's, it's hard for me to imagine fishing out of anything else. Um, and uh, just a shout out to, you know, your every, your, your everyday American kayak angler, not even American, but your, your, your everyday national kayak angler that, that, that really makes this what it is because without everybody else, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it sort of takes uh, the whole community. Uh, Dusty, thank you so much for taking the time. It's yeah. been, honestly, it's been an uh, honor to have you on the podcast. I really, truly enjoy talking to you, um, and I look forward to you know seeing what you do this year and next and beyond. Yeah, both in the social media side and also the competition. Wish you the best. Thank You're you. welcome to come up to the show anytime. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll always uh, enjoy talking to you. Um, so for those, uh, go ahead. You were going to say something else. No, no, I, I, it, it's 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 great. Uh, I, I like these opportunities. I love talking, man. I'm a talker. I mean, I like I like I like it. So, um, yeah, I would love another opportunity to come on the show and maybe um, if I could uh, um, introduce some topics I'd like to talk about. Yeah, yeah, all anytime. Oh, maybe we can anytime. consider that in the future. Yeah, definitely, definitely consider that in the future. Uh, for those out there listening, we thank you again for joining us. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode. I trust you did. Dusty is a great uh, guest. So if you're going to be on the water, just remember, please wear your PFTs. If you're going to have a couple of beers, just make sure you drink responsibly. Stay safe. Totally. Make it back home to your loved ones. Tight lines, everyone. Have a wonderful week. And remember, contact me on social media, Bass Kayak and Beers, Instagram or TikTok. If you want to know about your favorite products, and iCast going to be in iCast all week. So take care, everyone. Have a good day. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Through the blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.